Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. What a roller coaster day for Dean Smith. What a roller coaster day for Eddie Howe and Newcastle ultimately ending with just one more point. So Newcastle now just the fourth team to fail to win any of their first 14 games in a Premier League campaign. All the previous three here, you see Sheffield United last season, QPR, Swindon. They all went down. Will it be the same fate for Newcastle? Yet to be determined after the game. We'll hear from both managers. We'll hear from Dean Smith in a second. First, here's Eddie Howe. Eddie, we thought we'd started as a, a mustn't lose game. And then 10 minutes in, down to 10 men. Struggling. Yeah, well, it was the, the mountain to climb so early in the game. Um, thought we started brightly. 11 v 11, I thought we were in a, a really good frame of mind and um, the sending off obviously has a, a huge bearing on the match but full credit to the players for how they responded to that difficult moment. Um, I thought we defended magnificently, I thought it was some great individual performances, very pleased with the mentality of the team, just so so disappointed for everybody connected with the club we couldn't get over the line and win the match. You spoke about the, the great performances, so many great performances. What, what Personally, what positives are you going to take away from that result? I think the defensive resilience. Um, 11 v 10 for, as you say, 80 minutes. Um, but we defended really, really well tonight. Any ball in our box, thought the two centre-halves were magnificent. Um, Norwich made it difficult for us in wide areas, but our midfield coped. Um, our centre-fours contributed to that defensive effort. So it really was a team... A team um, collective drive, um, and we—that's yeah, a massive thing to take forward into the future because there's been question marks about our ability to defend. But I think we answered those tonight. Uh, you'll be able to turn around to the players and speak about their resilience, especially in the face of adversity, as it was today, and maybe add a bit more quality going forward, get some goals, and hopefully get that much, much-needed win. Yeah, I think if we, I think if we deliver the, the mentality um, which we showed um, with 10 men against 11 on a, a regular basis we will win games no doubt about that with, and you can see tonight we, we showed moments of quality on the break um, that extra player was missing um, but I can't praise the players enough for tonight they've had some hard knocks this season 
Um, and another one tonight, really, with the sending off that changed the game. But um, full credit to them. It's Burnley next. Hopefully that first win of the season comes then. Well, yeah, we just have to dust ourselves down, reflect on tonight first and, um, yeah, then go to Burnley. Dina, a precious point. Is there a sense of frustration that it, it was you were unable to claim all three? Yeah, no, we're frustrated. We're disappointed with uh, our performance, probably... Uh, I'd probably have preferred uh, Timu to go straight through and, and score his goal and, and then not go down to 10 men. I thought uh, it changed the game and we had to change our game plan a little bit and they were always going to try and kill the game at every opportunity. And I thought we're given the opportunity to manage the game. Their players seemed to manage the game today uh, You know when the ball was going dead. I was going to ask you about the game plan because it seemed as if the, the, the roles were reversed then once they went down to 10 men. Yeah, I mean, we knew we was going to have the lion's share of possession then. Our outballs was always going to be our full-backs. They went 4-3-2. Um, you know, and we changed that up at half-time and, and, and went more with a diamond to get our full-backs a little bit higher. But, uh, you know, our, our quality of our runs and, and our ball in the final third wasn't good enough, I suppose. And, and then you've, you've got the dubious penalty that, that was given as well, which, you know, lifts the whole crowd and allows them to kill the game a little bit longer as well. I was going to ask you about your thoughts about the penalty. I mean, the arm is in an unnatural position, but do you think he's too, he's too close to, the, to where the header came from? Well, I think the thing is we've taken all responsibility away from the on-pitch on official. He's obviously seen that he's touched his arm. He's seen the, how close proximity he was in. Um, you know, he didn't feel it was unnatural. And then if it takes 90 seconds to make a clear and obvious error, then let's leave the responsibility to the on-field referee. If it's taken that long, 90 seconds, to, to see whether it's close enough or it's unnatural, pathetic for me. Um, we need more responsibilities for the on-field referees. All right, that's an interesting point by Dean Smith there. Mm. Do you agree with that, that if by default, if it takes 90 seconds to determine if the call was right, that that is not clear and obvious? We both love Dean Smith. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. But in this case, he's just not right. I mean, that's the whole point yeah. of VAR. For stuff that gets missed like that, that's pretty clear and, and, and obvious that his arm is way above his head in an unnatural position. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, and, and we've criticized VAR throughout mm -hmm. the last couple of years here, but today is a day with both of these yeah. penalties looking basically the same that you think they got uh, it right. Yeah, I, I think that they do because you can see in both scenarios, you'll see the Newcastle one here and then obviously we'll see the Leeds one in a second. I don't think the referee calls it because I don't think the referee's seen it. There's, there's a huge mass of players. So therefore, this is where VAR... I've, I've been critical of VAR in the past, but this is what VAR is for. If a referee misses a situation, go back, even if it takes a bit of time, go back, get the correct decision. And in both games, it was the correct decision that was come to, and that's the most important thing. you agree with that? I totally agree. Totally agree. And here, I mean, it's clear. It's clear. And sometimes referee... Uh, You've got to remember, a set piece of corner kick, there's so much going on. The referee's looking at shirt pulling, he's looking at so many different things, he does miss stuff. And I think players now, if they see a, a ball strike a hand, I think they're going to run naturally to the referee, which makes everybody like, oh, hang on a minute, let's just stop a minute, let's just, was there something there? But again, to Danny's point, these are two that weren't spotted, and you can understand that sometimes, but this is the whole point of VAR. Get involved, it's clear and obvious, that's kind of not fair. It should be a penalty, and, and both well done. Yeah, and it is. It's clear and obvious error, and that's what VAR is there for, and it did its job. Rectified it, and two results because of it. One goal is all it took for Leeds, and it came via penalty. The handball late into stoppage time. Rafinha was not that slow in real life, but not much faster than that. He can dance. Patrick Vieira, not so much. His comments after this one. Patrick, just how frustrating was that? 
it is really uh, really frustrated, really frustrated because I think uh, tonight we were the better team. I think we we created enough chances, especially in the second half, to score first goal, and uh, and we didn't. You know, it's like a, a tight game like that. If you don't take your chance, chances, you you can get punished, and uh, and that's what happened in the at the end. In the first half, did you feel that you should have had a penalty? No, I don't want to go into that kind of uh, should or shouldn't. Um, at the end, um, that is the decision of the referees, and we just have to 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 move on. We want to concentrate on the way we want to play the game, and and I think tonight we. We played well, um, we defended well as a team and uh, they didn't create so many chances. And uh, in the other side, I think we have a couple of good chances, especially in the second half. And we had some situation where we didn't find this kind of technical ability to play the right ball at the right time in the right space. And um, outside of that, I think, uh, yes, I think uh, we were really unlucky tonight. You did create chances, but you didn't touch their goalkeeper until the 80th minute. How, how frustrating is that for you when you're not it finishing is, off? It is a difficult place. We know how good they were and the fans behind them. And we knew that the chances will, will come in the second half. And I think if away from home we defend that way, I think we will win more than we will lose games. Back-to-back defeats now. How do you pick yourself up and pick your players up to go again? Yeah, I think uh, that defeat is um, is different from the last one against Villa. Uh, against Villa, we didn't perform at all. That one, I think we performed as a team. We played, uh, we created situation, and um, and unlucky that uh, that this decision against uh, went against us in the, in the last minute of the game. But I think there is much more positiveness to take from that game tonight than the one against Aston Villa. How much does it hurt when it happens right at the death of the game? We just have to accept it. You know, we uh, had some games that uh, it went in our favour. Tonight it wasn't, but we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves. We just have to look at that. What we have to improve and get ready for the next game on uh, next Sunday. Right. On to the next one, but this is the first mm. time under Patrick Vieira that Palace have lost back-to-back games. But did you see some positives from his side today? Yeah, 100%. I, I love his honesty. You know, that he doesn't want to bring referees or officials into it at all. And he speaks about how they can be better in certain, certain parts of the pitch. He has an identity. And one thing I would say is that what you can't forget is that they're polar opposite from last season with somewhat the same players. You know, last season they had more possession in eight games throughout the season. They've had more possession in eight games already this season and there's only a fraction of the season gone. And let's not forget Anderson missing, the centre-back partnership that he has with Gerhi. MacArthur in midfield, key player missing. So Crystal Palace are in a good path. Yes, they've, they've lost the last two games, but I think they're in a good place. What I liked about today is that I think we know that Vieira's trying to do it differently for Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that more expansive, more football, more, more creativity. But today was back to what he needs to show as well, which mm. was hard work, determination, shape, fighting, chasing. I mean, that was a tough game. And I thought for the most part, they, they met fire with fire really, really well. I think I said it earlier on, the chance of Benteke is a defining moment of the match. It really is. Like he said there, if they get that go-ahead goal, the game might have been different. But good signs, mostly. And I know what he mean. Last, the Villa game was not good enough, mm-hmm. and he said that. Today was a, uh, was a lot better, but he's right. It's just that the final details, the technical ability of the forwards to find the right ball, or from Benteke to find the net there would have made a big difference. We saw the atmosphere there at Ellen Road. Not yeah, an easy environment no. to play for a road team. So a fast start from Liverpool, mm-hmm. fast end 
from Liverpool, maybe 10, 15, 20 good minutes from Everton. Yeah. What do you make of the performance from, first, just Liverpool and the dominance today? That they're basically playing in two different leagues. And you saw Rafa Benitez at the end disappointed. I think he's disappointed because he can't really go toe-to-toe with Liverpool. When Liverpool don't have Bobby Firmino, they can bring in Diogo Jota. When Everton don't have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, they bring in Solomon Rondon. Right there tells you the difference between these two football clubs. And Rob, I think, wants to point to they have all the big stars and the, the headlines will go to the Salas and Jotas, but they have good pros behind them. And I think Jordan Henderson, Rob, you want, you want to mark out as somebody who was outstanding today. From the very beginning, Ahmed, when we see him in the tunnel from the vision, from the concentration, to the performance that he made with assisting, with scoring, the way that Jordan Henderson ran that game was absolutely outstanding. And, and, and just his attitude towards it from here. I think we all saw that at the beginning. That's focus. Look at those eyes, just, just focusing on what his job is in the game. We saw this many times, inside midfield to outside right. So many good crosses coming in there from his side. I mean, that side's hard enough as it is when you've got... Alexander Arnold and Mo Salah, but he, he did this time the right hand side so many times. His ability to do different things as a midfield player is pretty stunning to me. And, and this goal with the ability there and the accuracy with that strike and the control with that strike, the weight on this ball. There were some amazing goals, some amazing performances. Mo Salah and Diogo Jota stun us almost every week now with, with incredible finishes and goals. But I tell you, Jordan Henderson today I thought was huge. thought today, Rob, as well, it, it, not only his football and his leadership out there, but his emotional control. Because we talked about it before the game. That was something that could have upset Liverpool today. Could have got them out of the rhythm that they wanted to, you know, that physicality and retribution for what happened last season. Mm. But they concentrated, focused on the football and were head and shoulders above Everton ball 15 minutes in the game. There was a lot of emotion before this game. Mm-hmm. We saw Jurgen Klopp mm-hmm. talk about it and talk about what happened when they played Everton a year ago. So, yeah, emotions were high, could have gotten out of control. Jordan Henderson keeping them in check. When we talked to Arlo and Graham, guys, before the game, we heard the boos, we heard the cheers 45 minutes before they got out there. Uh, unfortunately for Everton, a lot of those fans were not there to boo or cheer at the end of this game. No, and most of the Liverpool fans, Ahmed, are still here, and they gave their team a rousing send-off over in the corner, didn't they? And Jurgen Klopp gave, gave the, the three cheers salute, as he usually does. Look, you, you, you always run out of superlatives for Liverpool, but how good were they tonight? Yeah, just fantastic. I think the energy, the intensity, the consistency around both sides of the game, you know, the, the, the pressing... This, the way they're synchronised in everything they do, clearly a huge amount of work goes on in the training ground mm. and the understanding between all the players and their, their willingness to give to each other, to sort of risk take coming out of their position for something that the team are trying to do and coordinate. And they do it brilliantly. They did it tonight through 90 minutes. They didn't change the way they played the game and it just wore Everton down. Obviously, there's a golfing class, but also there's just this wearing down of the opponent that takes its toll. We often see, well, talk a lot about the front three. Firmino's injured at the moment, but but Henderson mm. as an attacking player and his link-up with Salah and Jota as well. I mean, mm. they've got threats everywhere. Yeah, the they? two Robbies were talking about Henderson and his position this evening was really interesting. You know, he's matured into a, a, a such a quality, thinking football player. The, the detail of his duties tonight would have been worked on and... He exploited it brilliantly, but you can do all that work on the training pitch, then you've got to deliver in this sort of environment, and he does it so calmly. He's really 
turned into a wonderful leader for this team and someone they can go to for both sides of the game. You know, he's a great example off the ball and on it, his quality is improving all the time. Yeah, rumblings of discontent, Ahmed, here amongst the home fans. Um, Everton without a win in eight Premier League games after what was a very promising start to the season under Rafa Benitez. Rafa 4 one's a heavy defeat. Is it a fair reflection? I think anyone that could see the game, uh, we made too many mistakes. When you make too many mistakes again up top side, you pay for that. So I think that the, the second goal was our mistake. Even the first goal was our mistake. But after, the reaction of the team was very good. I think the fans at the beginning, they were um, pushing. And as soon as we scored the goal, you could see the atmosphere was uh, really good. And I thought that the second half, we could start well. And then we start on top. But another mistake and change the game. Is that the, the key moment as far as you're concerned, Liverpool's third goal and, and the nature of it? Yeah, I think that, I said before, it's a good team and then uh, we were working hard but uh, still uh, losing, but the third goal changed everything because uh, mentally it's very difficult to react after another mistake, so I think it's uh, well, quite complicated later on. Seven of this team that started tonight played in the victory at Anfield last February. It, it feels like a very sharp decline from there. We're talking about key players missing, and maybe these key players missing are also really important for the rest of the group to play at the level that they can play. The last time Liverpool scored four at Goodison Park was 31 years ago. How damaging a defeat is this? It's always bad to, to lose, but uh, when you lose against a team that has spent so much money and they have so many good players... Uh, sometimes uh, it's because you made mistakes and the other team is quite good. I suppose the Everton fans, or Rafa would say, though, Everton have spent an awful lot of money, though, in recent seasons. Yeah, I think that's something that we, we can improve. It, it's the worst run in 20 years as well now in terms of league form. Do, do you feel you're heading for a relegation battle as well when you look at the fixtures to come? No, I still have uh, confidence that the team will do well, so we need to bring players back and then uh, we will be as strong as we were at the beginning. The Liverpool fans were singing your name tonight. Do you, do, you, um, do you sense the Everton fans are still with you? I think that I was so focused in the game that I was not uh, aware of that. So what can you take, I suppose, Rafa, from tonight and elements of your play now in, into what's a key period? We have to learn that we cannot make these kind of mistakes and then we can be ready. If we, if we learn from that, we can be ready for the next game. Jürgen, did you enjoy that? Yeah, um, in moments. Um, it was an, a really good game of my team. Uh, very mature performance, very grown-up performance, much better than um, in the years before, um, and especially here at Goodison. And um, we had, obviously, we gave a little bit of the game um, out of our hands. It was not necessary when they scored the goal. We got a bit carried away. We were much too open in that moment. But it can happen when you're that superior um, in moments. It's just we have to, to, to force ourselves to stay concentrated in this moment. But um, all over, a really good game. Did you particularly like the ruthlessness about you about your side? You've had this ruthless streak throughout the season so far, and it certainly demonstrated itself again. I like that, but I expect it as well. So it's not that it's now that's a reason for any kind of praise. It's it's just a job we have to do. Um, we. Look, we should we should have been already one or two nil up before we scored the first goal. I think we had, especially that of Joel. I have no idea how he, how he missed that one. But um, 
Then we scored the goals 2-0 and um, then, you are, then we were not that ruthless in, that, in these moments. And we gave really, we, 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 obviously the crowd was already booing and, and whistling and we, we gave them some life back and that's obviously not okay. But um, all over, again, it's, uh, you cannot, I don't, I'm not seeking for perfection or whatever. I, I know that if it would be easy, everybody could do it. So um, the boys did really well. Is there particular satisfaction for Virgil van Dijk? Most Salas just told us that uh, the guys were talking about that in the dressing room before and that, that that's, uh, that's something that, that had been in their minds. Yeah, imagine you are, we are all human beings, obviously. And last time, yeah, I had the same feeling when I went to the dressing room today. Last time we were there, um, we had two massive injuries, um, and we were all, you know, we, we are like a family, obviously. And when somebody then is uh, that badly injured, which was pretty clear immediately. Um, so you come in the dressing room and think, okay, um, you feel it. And it's, it's almost like a psychological barrier. It there. is, it is. So, but um, he dealt exceptionally well with it, like Thiago did, um, and, and all the boys did, because in a game you can easily um, get too emotional, and we never were, to be honest. We were just in the right, with the right mindset, the right mood to just finish the game off. Um, when you see Mo Salah running through, like that, do you know for certain he'll score right now? <laughs> 19 goals this season. Crazy. Getting better. Yeah, I was angry after the game. Huh? He uh, was? He was angry, but for, uh, he wanted to score the third one. I don't know exactly which situation, but who cares? All fine, that's how strikers are. Um, no, I don't take these things for granted as well. The first one was absolutely exceptional, sensational pass from Hendo. Like the first goal, come on, Robo Hendo, unbelievable. Um, but then the, the, the second goal, uh, his second goal, yeah, you have to force these kind of mistakes. We saw that in the United game against Chelsea. Jorginho is one of the best players in the world and can lose a ball like that when you're under pressure. And Mo put Coleman, I think, under pressure. And so he could win that ball. And from that on, um, it's a good chance that he will score, yeah. The last time Liverpool scored four at Goodison Park was 31 years ago. What sort of statement win is this and what, what momentum can it give you now for the next few weeks? Not too much of a momentum. Yeah, we have a momentum, but it's not to do with this game today. But it was by far the best performance since I'm in Liverpool at Goodison. So uh, we had to learn from it. When, we, when I came here, we, we had our struggles at, at Old Trafford. Um, it was always like a very special game for them. They wanted to put the season right the same here. It's always the same. So, and we didn't use the situation. We suffered of it. And that doesn't make sense um, because we were never under pressure when we played United or, 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 or Everton. So we just have to make sure that we use then the football before the game people told me that in Derby's um, form or shape um, doesn't count I see that completely different it makes much it makes a lot of sense when you're in good shape and play then the right the, 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 the right the right football then it's difficult for the other team but we saw around the 2-1 not that now they had chance after chance but they were better they were better they, they got a bit of a glimpse of the game and um, so we had to sort it again but we did and so all fine thank you very much Jürgen. you're welcome well, after last year's disappointments in the Derby fixture, how pleased are you with that? Well, it's a great result to come here and win the game and play good football and score four goals. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, yeah, it's something positive we take from the game. Yes, yeah, the first time that Liverpool has scored four at Goodison Park in something like 31 years. What does that tell you about well, tonight? Well, it's good. It's good. We, play, we won a game here 4-1 and won also Manchester 5. So it's... Uh, 
that shows we, we're doing a good job in, um, in the league and hopefully we'll continue like that. The fast start was key, obviously, 2-0 up in 20 minutes. What would have been the message from the manager? The, me- the message from the manager is like uh, they're going to play physically strong. They're going to go challenge 100% every ball. We just need to play our game and just keep the ball and try to create her chances, which is what we did. What's the key, though? Everton get back in it. That Your, your second goal, Liverpool's third goal, you, you pounced on the error, didn't you? Yeah, I expect him to do a mistake, which he did. So they, I think the game was really tough when the result was uh, 2-1. So once I scored a third one, the, the game becomes easier. 19 goals for you this season already. What's your target? Hopefully for many more. <laughs> I think my, tar- my first target is to win ch- something with the club, Champions League, Premier League, hopefully both. Uh, that's the main target for everyone. But what's the key to this? Liverpool averaging now more than three goals a Premier League game. What, what's the key? What's getting better? I think I think we know each other more now. We we are together for five, six years. Last season we had a few injuries. The season before we were playing really well. Uh, we won some title together. I think the, the, the only thing I can say just we know each other very well now and just like we try to help each other in the game to score more goals and win games. And is there a little bit of satisfaction as well, extra satisfaction for your captain, Virgil van Dijk, coming back here, yeah. winning in the style you've won? Yeah, it's, it's a great to see him back and especially here because we know before the games it could be kind of emotional because he got injured here before, um, but he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's our captain now after two players but he's more experienced he's a captain of uh, his national team so I think he started it uh, well you're seventh in the Ballon d'Or um, this year <laughs> you're no shaking comment. your head yeah I have no comment well at the, at the current rate I think you'll be higher next year uh, hopefully we never know thank you thank you thank you Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. But we want to talk about the big story in the Premier League right now. It is official. A new man in charge, interim basis, Ralph Ragnick, is taking over for Manchester United as a manager. That's not all here. A couple Coming up in, uh, in a couple years, too, he'll be a consultant for the team for another two years. He said, quote, focused on making this a successful season for the club. The squad is full of talent, has a great balance of youth and experience. All my efforts uh, for the next six months will be on helping these players fulfill their potential, both individually and, most importantly, as a team. Beyond that, I look forward to supporting the club's longer-term goals on a consultancy basis. So, Danny, it's the first time that you know you've been able to, to speak on this. So, do you think this one move sets up United to be back at the top of the table or competing at the top of the table in the next couple of years? It could be the first piece, but I do have my concerns. I think when when you look at other clubs, for example, I think that's the first thing you have to do. The clubs that everyone are trying to emulate at the moment, Chelsea, Manchester City, Liverpool, they are the ones that are in this race to win, to win the title. And Manchester United obviously want to get there. I look at how they've done things over the last 10 years. The three clubs that I've just mentioned, by and large, they've had directors of football for the last 10 years. Manchester United in John Murta, 
have just got their first director of football. He was promoted from within for another role that he had at the club. You bring in Ragnick, and I think from the outside looking in, you think this is brilliant. I still feel at times that Manchester United are stuck in the Sir Alex Ferguson period where he ran the club along with David Gill and you were able to do that then. That's not the way football is now. And I think with Ragnick going into the club, yes, yes initially he's going in as, um, as a manager um, and then he's going to go behind the scenes for the next two years. What that role is, nobody knows. But he's going to have a lot of sorting out to do. Manchester United... I feel, have been over the last five, six, seven years, Manchester United Business Club, not Manchester United Football Club. And I think some of the decisions that have been made have been financial decisions, which, which I think in turn has probably, has probably hampered them more on the field. Managers that have gone into the club, they've been given full control. I don't think a manager can have full control now. He has to have people behind the scenes that can help. So Ragnick, what he has to do is stabilise everything on the pitch, but... He also then has to sort things out behind the scenes and get the right people in the right spaces. Still problems with the structure? It sounds like it, doesn't it? I think we'd all like them to make a decision. Make a decision and hire a full-time, legitimate, experienced director of football that's been there before, built clubs, uh, organised a, a hierarchy within that football club, set out a blueprint, hired, fired, taught new coaches into the team, decides on the recruiting network. He's done all that. But we're not there yet, and we, you talk about the uh, consultancy role for two years. Well, what is that? Yeah. Consultancy, like what, a Zoom call every month? Or is he going to be in the building every, every week doing stuff? I think this is almost like, let's, let's, let's feed each other out for the six months. It is going to depend on how it goes on the field, because if it doesn't go well in terms of his coaching side of things, then I'm not sure they're going to want to give him too much power Outside of that, I'm sure that's what he wants. And I think, and I think you think we need some, the club needs somebody yeah. to do that. Um, so it's just, a, again, it's a fudge situation. He's still got newbies behind the scenes and John Murtagh, director of football, Darren Fletcher, te- mm-hmm. technical director, and all these uh, higher-ups that are basically learning on the job. He's not, he wouldn't be. I just think to Danny's point, the, the club, you feel, are scared to give up power. Yeah. He should control yeah. football. Control football at that, at, that, at that club and let everybody else do the commercial side. He should do the football side, but I'm not sure they're going to give him that power. Some of that is tough to see how it's going to shake out mm-hmm. here until the end of the season. So yeah. let's focus on what we will see on the pitch yeah. here in the next six months or so. What do you think will change with this Manchester United team, with him as the interim manager? I, I think when, when, whenever you look at anything to do with Ragnar, to do with his history, the, the history that he had was with Red Bulls and, and the fact of, it, of his Gigan pressing, he wants his team to press high. He wants it to be organised, he wants to have discipline. My concern is, I look at teams that do that. Manchester City do that, Chelsea do that, Liverpool do that. Look at the plays in those teams. Your Van Dykes, your Diaz, your Firmino, your Hendersons, your... Rudigers, your Silvers. Manchester United don't have those players. All those players that I've just mentioned are organisers. You have to be disciplined. You have to be organised when you play in a way that Ragnick wants to play. So Manchester United, however they're going to do it, they're going to change their style because that's the way that this new manager wants to play. I'm not convinced that there are players in that dressing room. I'm not saying that they're not good enough, but I don't know whether there's enough leadership skills to then carry that out on the pitch. I don't know where you see it from, Robbie. <laughs> well, I, I, I hear your concerns stuff, but I, I am more excited. I'm more excited what he can do. He's a, he's a really, really experienced, really good coach. And yeah, maybe there's not the right people in different spots, but I think as a good coach, he'll adjust to that and he'll figure out ways for Ronaldo to be involved in winning the ball back quickly. You haven't got to ask him to sprint one side to the other side. A simple game plan. Different people know what their role is within that pressing. Mm. Um, when they win the ball back, the whole 
whole thing with him as well is we've got to get a shot off within eight seconds. It's the, when their opponents are, yeah. are most out of position. So all this kind of very different way of thinking about the game is going to hit this team in this dressing room. I'm excited to see it because he's, he's a man with a plan and very different, polar opposite to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So, yeah, it might not be perfect, Danny, yeah. but I think at least there's going to be a strategy and a plan and, and we'll see different players be prominent, Van der Beek maybe and others, and yeah. then he should recommend other players to, to sign and maybe also the next manager. But we'll Glass see. half full. Musty. I know. We I don't know. see that very often. We don't Changing see that. Side. You're bringing in the mood down here. I know yeah, he is. Right. Uh, well, you know. Uh, Robbie Musto, let's begin here. It was 1-1 at halftime. What made the difference there in the second half? Uh, I just, Man United have done this many times a season, Paul, where they've gone behind in games and they've come back to win. We know they've got special players. Special players turned up again. Ronaldo with a couple of goals, Bruno Fernandes. Others as well, I thought, in different parts of the team played pretty well. Fred had a very adventurous game. He's involved in pretty much everything that went on in the game. Um, there's good spirit at this club. There's good spirit in that dressing room. Michael Carker's done a really good job of just steadying the ship after... Solskjaer leaves the football club. Of course, it's going to change now with a new manager. Um, the club needs a manager coach to give this group, a talented group, some coaching help and some coaching direction. That's what it needs. So the, the whole performance can be greater than the sum of the parts because that's what we've not seen in this football club for quite a few years now. And that's what Ralph Ragnit will bring. But on the positive side of things, good players, good spirit, good crowd, Old Trafford, get behind, get behind the team when they're, when they're on, on the front foot. A much better second half. You see Manchester United sitting seventh in the table and they're there based on ability. Now, if you can add some of the things Robbie's talked about, the, 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 the synchronisation of a system, of a style of play, of a, of a press, of, of being more organised, if you add that to their talent, then they got a chance to, to, to get into that top four spot. And we saw today, I think it was 70 minutes on the clock where I think United got up, the fans started going and this place came alive again. And there is a spirit at Manchester United on and off the pitch. And, and when United play well on, on the field, it lifts the whole stadium. And today was, was a day where, credit to Michael Carrick, by the way, you play Arsenal, you play Chelsea, you play Villarreal in, in the Champions League. He wins two, draws one and, and keeps the things moving. Ranić came down and I saw he had a bit of a notepad and I'm thinking, hmm, there's, there's a few things on there. But a 3-2 win is, is for a coach is, is kind of, lots of good things that happen because you've won three, but lots of things that to work on because you've conceded two and they didn't probably control the game as much as you would like. Just, just one more thing to add on that kind of topic is that Man United winning games this season, it's like they have to climb a mountain to win a game. Mm. Like, it, it should be more... They're not automatic because Arsenal are a good side, but it should be more controlled, you know, as if they know what they're doing. They haven't got to play like a blimmin' FA Cup final every game to win. But that's where it is right now. But again, it's going to change. They had a, a good performance over the weekend. Both you guys complimented them for, for working their way to a draw against Chelsea. A little bit better today, or maybe a lot better today, yeah. in the win against Arsenal. How do they take another step forward when they play this weekend for the first time under Ralph Ragnick? Well, the first thing to do is, is don't think like new manager, new team, everything's going to happen. You've got to do some work on the training ground. There'll be a bit of video work. There'll be conversations. We'll start to maybe see the first few tweaks of what Ranić's going to bring and how he's going to play. But listen, when you've got the guy up front, who's 36 years of age, who gets a couple of goals, I think 801 goals for club and country, you've got a chance. There was people saying, well, is he going to hold Man uh, Manchester United back? There was one time in the game, it was 60-odd minutes on the clock. He chased down Gabriel 
closing like a 21-year-old. And Ranić would have seen that and known that, you know, when he needs to, Ronaldo can play as part of a closing down team and be part of United going forward. Two goals here for today for Ronaldo, uh, pushing him over 800 to 801. He scored the second and third goals for his team. The first goal was scored by Bruno Fernandes. Here he is right after the win. Well, Bruno, your character was tested, I think, especially in terms of that first goal. But to sum up the night and the, and the importance of the victory. No, of course. Uh, every win is really important for us in, at this moment. Uh, we know we have, we have been from... Uh, from a lot of ups and downs, and uh, and it's it's been hard for us to come out of that. Uh, today we we get a great win, but we can't stop here and we can be satisfied because we beat Arsenal, uh, even if we know they are doing really well. Uh, but next next game is coming quick, so we have to put our heads in next game to straight away and be ready for that one. What about the first Arsenal goal? Um, what's your opinion on it? Should it have been allowed? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Normally, when the keeper goes down, I think we should stop the game. Uh, but mistakes happen. Uh, players made mistakes. I don't know if the referee made or not, but even if, if, if that is a mistake from the referee, it can happen and we have to, we have to carry on. Obviously, at the moment, it's really hard for us, but football is like that. Cristiano Ronaldo, goals number, I don't know if you know, 800 and 801 in his professional career tonight. What's saying about that is is incredible. We, we all know that he's he's proving game by game, year by year, season by season that is he wants to to keep being the best. He wants to be the best, and and that's that's what he did. Do you think maybe being left out at the weekend um, motivated him a little bit tonight? No, I don't. If he need, needs it, any more motivation, no, I don't need that. He knows how to self motivate himself, so it's. <laughs> You don't need uh, no one to motivate him. He knows how to do and uh, he will carry on doing scoring goals. And what can you say about Michael Carrick in this interim spell? It finishes now, but two wins and a draw. Uh, I've, I've, said, I've said to him, I was really mad to be, to be in, off on his first game. And I tell him now at the end of this, uh, at the end of this game. But honestly, for me, Michael can be a really, a really good manager in the future if he gets that chance. Uh, he knows how to speak. He knows he knows a lot of football. He, he was one of that great players that not a lot of people talk about. But for what I have for what I've seen, for me, he can be he can be a top coach. And now Ralph Ranić comes in. Have you met the coach? An idea of his vision and what he's going to bring? Not yet. Uh, tomorrow, I think he, he will come tomorrow in. Uh, that's that's what people has, has said to us at the club. So now is a new a new beginning and uh, and a new start. Uh, but every game is a new beginning, a new start for us. And uh, as I said before, this is a great win, and we have to carry on for the next one. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And let's go right back to Old Trafford. You heard Arlo and Graham on the call. Guys, thanks for uh, joining us here. You've had a few moments to process what you saw here, Arlo. What's your top takeaway from the match today? Well, that Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't struggle to motivate himself, <laughs> uh, having scored 800 and then 801 goals uh, for club and country. Ralph Ragnick was over to our left-hand side during the game. Uh, and as Bruno says, Carrington tomorrow, there'll be a warm-down session and a big training session on Saturday ahead of the game here against Palace on Sunday. What will his main takeaways and priorities be, having, having been here and seen the team in action? Well, I think... You know, you've got your pros and your cons. You've got in possession, out of possession, and pros and cons for both of those. Individual performances as well. 
And I think one of the obvious things for me is is closing that gap between when they're playing really well as individuals and as a team from that level to the low level when you see them suddenly look like they don't know what they're doing and they look disjointed. And you've got to, you've got to create a base, you're sort of your five, six out of ten, which is your secure position where you rely on the system, you rely on the links between players to sort of absorb pressure and deal with difficult moments in games. Then it's about getting your best players to do their jobs in the most effective positions. So moving the team up and down the pitch in a way where you get players in good positions. And they did that in spells, Manchester United, but it all feels a little bit off the cuff. You look at Liverpool, City, Chelsea, you can see patterns of play and you can see them working out what they're doing to get to that sort of end result. Manchester United, wonderful flashes. Mm. And you see there's nothing better than seeing, and this is historical, seeing attacking players, wingers, all the great wingers they've had, running at people, people getting out of their seats, excited, driving into the box. And you saw a bit of that tonight in flashes. But they need to do that more often and set their stall out in a better way mm. that gives them the chance to then put in these sort of more consistent performances. Did Arsenal miss an opportunity tonight? They did, absolutely, going 1-0 up. Um, you know, they should have smelt blood at that point mm. and they should have kept going. They should have gone for the second. Um, as the guys were saying in the studio, you know, with quality individuals, things happen and they put things together and suddenly get a goal that gets them off the hook, United. Arsenal needed to press that advantage, really get the crowd against the Man United team and, and work harder to do that. So I do think they missed an opportunity. Um, Again, it's small steps for, for Arsenal. I like their, the, the, the identity of the team mm. and the personality of the team is improving. But they're a young side as well. They've got a lot to learn and it's going to be a, a sort of an up and down season for them, I think. So it's going to be fascinating to see who, who gets in that position of sort of fourth place. Got to ask you about Cristiano Ronaldo. We've witnessed history here today. <laughs> the second man recognised by FIFA to score 800 mm. for club and country. Yeah. I, mean, I, know, I know you're kind of divided on well, the signing. But, how but he that's fits into the team is one thing. As a player... And, a, and a, a professional absolutely incredible and I played against him when I was his age and he was 17 and a friend of mine phoned me on the way to the game when I was playing for Southampton and said just remember what it's like playing against someone who could be your son <laughs> thanks <laughs> just what you needed Graham we've got some breaking news Michael Carrick down in the tunnel area has just announced that he's stepping down mm. with immediate effect as first team coach at Manchester United so 15 years he's been with the club he talked to us about it at the pitch side desk and and he admitted that it has whetted his appetite to get a number one job but what's your initial reaction to that it seems that Carrick will be leaving Manchester United yeah and I think it's difficult when you're part of an existing coaching team then the coach goes Ollie leaving Michael taking over I think he's a very proud person Michael Carrick he's he's got you know huge um, status in the game you heard Bruno Fernandes and it was just interesting when the game finished and mm. Bruno Fernandes gave him a big hug and that's obviously very poignant significant but I think it's uh, I think it's a, it says a lot about the person to say do you know what I've done my bit yeah this you know Ralph Rangnick's come in he's going to want the opportunity to start with a blank piece of paper and Michael was seen it fit if that's the case to to, to walk mm. away at this point but he's certainly um, made a huge impression in the short time mm. he's been in charge he's, yeah he's enhanced his reputation hey guys thank you so they look ahead to what's coming this weekend with the start of the Ralph Ragnick era we look back to, to this news we, mm. we just found out moments ago like all of you the interim manager Michael Carrick led the team to a draw over the weekend and a big win here today announcing that he is stepping aside and leaving the program after mm. 15 seasons yeah. with United your thoughts Surprised. Um, I would have thought with 
Ranić only coming in for six months, that the job that Carrick's done, the standing he has at the football club and, and, and the bond he's built with the players. It was, there was a moment at the end of the game when Bruno Fernandes came off, clapped the, the result, and then had a hug with, with, with Michael Carrick. And this hug went on for some time, um, and they were talking to one another, and, and this tells you that, that this is a guy who's had an influence around the dressing room. And I'm a little surprised that with Ranić coming in, he isn't... I, a, trying to take a little bit of that, and obviously for Carrick to learn from a great guy in the game, that's the bit that surprises me. I would think, too, if you're Ragnick, and this happens in every sport, a coach comes in, he, he wants a former coordinator around or he doesn't want him around. Mm. I, I would think after watching them play today mm. and over the weekend that this is somebody you, you might want around. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I'm the same as Rob, where it's, I mean, what an opportunity to learn from a guy that's, that's, that's hired, he's mentored, he's te- mm. taught a lot of very, very good prominent coaches that are in the game right now. Yeah. So big learning opportunity, unless Ralph Redding hinted that he wants to bring his own guys in with him, even though it might only be for six months, which is, seems a little odd. Where does he go now? I don't really know. I mean, obviously, a really good job. Do you think for... he might have just stepped away and said, like, I'm part of all these things and, and I'm happy to go? Do you think he might have made that call? I'm just wondering if Michael Carrick's that kind of guy that yeah. might feel like, you know what? That he owes it to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah, to step aside. And, 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 and I've done my thing now and it's moving on yeah. to something I, I'll else. I'll tell you right now, if it was me, I'd, I'd be wanting mm. to stay. I want to stay and learn with this guy, see if I can be involved in his coaching team going forward. Exciting times, different United team, learn a ton of stuff of him. So I'm a little surprised, but listen, fair play. Did a really good job. Yeah, and by the good. way, he was a brilliant player. I think we both played against yeah, Michael yeah. Carrick as a midfield player, and he's really, really very, very good. Big stories at Old Trafford today. First of all, Manchester United wins 3-2 against Arsenal. And then moments after, their interim manager, Michael Carrick, steps away from the team. Yes, thank you very much, Michael. Yes, so after 15 years as player and, and interim manager, you've decided to, to say goodbye. Just explain the decision. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not been an easy, uh, easy one to make, to be honest. Um, but I feel it's the right one. I'm, I'm, I'm content with my decision. I feel, I feel quite happy. I've, um, I was meant to take some time off after I finished playing and I promised the family that we'd have some time together and uh, it's never happened and I think I've thrown myself into to 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 work in here for for so long that um, it just feels like it's the right time to 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 step away. I mean, it's you know I'll be back around the place. I'm not I'm not disappearing, but um, yeah, it's just it's just the right time. I and mean, what a way to finish! It's a perfect night, really. What, what did you make the decision? And, and it's your decision, correct? Not the club's decision. Yeah, hundred percent my decision. Yeah, hundred percent my decision. Um, just yeah, over, over the last week, really a, a little bit. It was, it was creeping in and. Um, I was conscious and I respected the club and I respected the new manager coming in that I wanted to make the decision before I had any contact with him or spoke to him. There was no crossover whatsoever. And, um, I thought it was the right thing to do for, for the club as, as much as, as uh, for Ralph. And, um, and yeah, once I made the decision, that was that was final and I, I was quite happy with that too. I mean, I mean, some people had said oh, Michael Carrick should have left with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Was that in, in your mind as well? Was that a factor in this decision? Um... No, well, listen. It's easy. It's easy to say that, and and yeah, there was a part of me, a big part of me, is is, is um, to do that. But at the same point, that we we were in a situation where um, there was a responsibility for me to to see this these three games sure, through. But, it, but was it a factor in in your decision now that that loyalty, if you like, with Ollie? Um, a little bit, yeah. Of course, it was because I, I owe Ollie an awful lot. Um, this is. 
Gabriel, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that kind of come into my decision. You know, it wasn't it wasn't an easy one, and um, I've just said to the players and the staff there of, of the way the way we've worked together and we, you know, good 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 people in there. Sometimes you, you get what you deserve. Sometimes you don't. You know, we've have worked so hard to to try and bring some success here in, in recent years, and um, you know, it's it's hard to take when you don't quite get to them heights, but. Um, Great times, great memories. Uh, proud of the players over over the last three games and tonight. Give everything, and um, you know, in some ways, it was a perfect night. But it's it's not about me. It's about the players in the in the club. Did the players know before, or have you just just told? No, them? I just told them about five minutes ago. Then how did they in, go down? Um, probably a bit shocked, yeah, a bit surprised, uh, a little bit emotional in the changing room, to be honest. But um, I kind of expected that. I, I held it together just about. But um, yeah, it's. It's not been easy to to keep it away from people. I must admit, over the last few days, but I, I, I had a job to do, you know, and and I was desperate to to win the game for the club and for the fans and for the players. So I was kind of I'm not the important one here. No, but that must have meant, with that on your mind. Then that must have meant an awful lot to you on the touchline this evening, watching your team one last time. In some ways, yeah, but I kind of clicked into to, to, to the zone of, of doing a job, focusing on the game, focusing on what what type of changes do we need to make, how can we tweak it, who's coming on, uh, and it probably and what wasn't a crazy goal that Arsenal scored. Yeah, yeah. At least I don't have to talk too much about that one now. Um, we could have been here all night, but yeah, it wasn't probably until the board went up for five minutes, then it kind of hit me a little bit on the touchline. Then, um, but I was just desperate for us to win the game, really, because it was it was a big night for us. Um, 800 goals and 801 goals for Cristiano Ronaldo. Did you leaving him out against Chelsea um, uh, revive him a little bit even more? You know, uh, the, the, you're kidding the, the... me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruno no. Fernandez said that he wasn't happy that you left him out in your first game. No, he wasn't. Some players, no. You know. no, he wasn't. And I know, he, I know Bruno wasn't happy at all with it. But um, he came on and, and changed the game for us and, and made the difference for us. So, I, I, you know, I, I know that I've only been in this role for. A, Quite a short time, but I, I always understand what players are like. And um, but I have to say, Cristiano has he's been unbelievable this week. And yeah, he didn't start against Chelsea, but really, as I said before, it wasn't a big deal for us. I thought the way the way he um, we spoke about it, discussed it, um, on board with it, the way he was around the group, um, the way he came on, it's, he's he's just incredible. The way he goes about his business. So uh, there's no drama. I said it. There was no drama about it, but. And there certainly wasn't here where I was standing. In terms of Ralph Ranyak coming in now, obviously not not with you, but um, what's his vision? What what do you get a sense of that's going to be next for this club? We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. You know, hopefully we can build on this. It's been a big week. You know, the, we've had to dig deep this week. We've had to show a, a side to us that people may be questioned over recent times, and uh, it's, it's a hell of a group of players in there. And, um, yeah, yeah, of course you got to prove you got to show it week in week out, and you got off season after season. But um, I've said to them from, as soon as from day one last week, 100% trust in them to to go and to go and be successful, and um, as long as they keep doing the right things. And um, I really believe that this is a successful team to in there that'll that'll whether it's this season or next season, for sure it'll come. And will we see you coaching, managing? Sometime in the I, can, I can honestly say I've given like literally no thought to it. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow yet. I've been so focused on the game. Um, it's going to be a little bit strange tomorrow. Um, take the kids to school and then see what's next. But um, I've been so wrapped up in this week and, and, and enjoying it in the end uh, and getting through tonight that um, 
whatever happens next happens next you know no agenda not anything going on just take a deep breath Michael it's been a wonderful career here at Manchester United 15 years um, good luck in the future and thank you very much for talking to us and uh, uh, yeah, see you in the future thanks Gary cheers Harry, I'll ask you about that brilliant win in a moment, a really important result, of course, but I have to speak to you first about the announcement that Michael Carrick is leaving Manchester United. What's your reaction as captain? Yeah, obviously, um, he's just spoke he's in the dressing room, um, an emotional dressing room, really, because he's been a big part of, of this club for a numerous amount of years now, and as a player, but also as a coach, um, he's obviously had no time off since his retirement, so he said he wanted to spend a bit of time with his kids. Um, but listen, he's, he's, he's a, been a great player for this club, um, a legend of the club and won everything at the club and he's been a fantastic servant in terms of his coaching and he's a really likeable man in terms of the lads all respect him and he's, he's been amazing with each and every one of us so we're going to miss him, of course we're going to miss him um, and we wish him well for the future. When did you first hear about it, just now in the dressing room? Yeah, big shock to us, obviously he came in and we spoke about the game and then he said at the end of it, he, he doesn't want it to be about himself, um, but he's, 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 he's leaving and he's stepping down. So, yeah, first time I know, uh, obviously, was 10 minutes ago. Um, you probably found out before me, but, um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think the United fans have seen um, them singing at the end, they're singing his name, and he deserves that. He's going to be welcome at this club whenever he, whenever he wants, and I'm sure the fans will always chant his name. I was going to ask you if he was an option for permanent manager, considering the way the last three matches have gone as well. He's done a brilliant job. Let's talk about the result tonight. That's a really, really important win for your team, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. Um, I think a lot better performance than the last two games have been. Um, Villarreal was, was a tough game. Um, we knew we had to, how important the result was. We didn't play really well with the ball. And again, on Sunday against Chelsea, we wasn't good enough with the ball. Uh, but we got a good result and we toughed it out. Tonight, I felt like we deserved the victory. Um, we played a lot more on the front foot with a higher tempo. The fans got right behind us. It was a great night at Old Trafford. I'm not sure what's left to say about Cristiano Ronaldo, really, but every now and then he produces a stat that reminds us just how important a football player he is. 800 career goals for him tonight. Is there anything left to say, really? Yeah, you can't, uh, words can't put into, into perspective in terms of what he's done in his football career. Um, an amazing player, an amazing man to, to have around the dressing room. and He's come up with two big goals for us again on an important night, so... No, um, I'm sure we'll get many more from now to the end of the season. And I'm really sorry this interview is longer than normal considering there's so many talking points, but your new interim manager, Ralph Rangnick, in the stands tonight. How much are you looking forward to getting going playing under him and what sort of impression do you think your team has made in front of the new boss tonight? Yeah, of course, we're really looking forward to it. Um, obviously, I'm sure we'll come in with fresh ideas and we're looking forward to tomorrow morning where we'll meet him for the first time. Um, I don't think no one's been in contact with him because he wants us to focus on the on the game. He knew how important the game was, so it's it's good to get the three points in front of him. And I'm sure lots of positive performances out there individually and and as a team and, and lots to work with. So we know we, we know we can do better. We know we can improve, and that's the aim. And and that's what we look to do for the rest of the season now. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.